And welcome to episode 379 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my intrepid co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. Uh, This week, we're coming at you with the Neutrino edition of the cast. There's actually trillions of podcasts being blasted through your ears right now. But this is the only one you get to hear uh, because of the interaction with heavy water inside your brain. That was maybe the This might also be the worst one yet. <laughs> or the uh or the let's take a trip to the hospital <laughs> edition where we uh where we record my wife's impending labor. Coming live from the mucus plug. Has it dropped yet? Not yet. <laughs> Y'all that, boys ever that was heard a of very a upsetting plug? sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just all I'm imagining is I'm gonna look like it up. I don't even know what it looks like. Trapezoid made out of yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Safe search like off, Jake. Oh, like an actual drain plug. Ah, no, 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 go back, go back, go back. <laughs> Watch Jake scar his brain live on Some air. things I cannot unsee. Uh, the 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 both of you have a real problem with that. Where you'll just, without thinking of the consequences, Google whatever bullshit we just talked about. And there's a reason why you see to have seen so much worse shit than I have I over say, the I, time doing I, the show. Look, I'm not... I'm just saying oh, I want to die first from the SCP co- uh, cognito hazard <laughs> when it comes through the airwaves. My my look right at my dream death is in the somewhere in the back rooms. No hesitation. Bumping into some random SCP that'd be delightful. I mean, I mean, I'm from the generation where we tout that we, uh, you know, we we were introduced to beheadings and pain Olympics and two girls and w- one cup. Jake, we are all from the same generation. The scariest location of my childhood was Bishop's Carpet One. <laughs> that somehow had the perfect vibe of beige and gray and faded blue. Uh, if you gave me the knowledge to code a website, like right now, I could probably, from memory, code the Lemon Party website for you. I mean that that's that's just straight facts. What do you, you walk into Jake's room? It's like he's 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 clicking and clacking away. The uh, the new AI uh, audio keylogger is listening <laughs> in on every stroke. We ask, is it? Do you think that website sell up? I'm coding. I'm coding Lemon Party. I'm sure. It is. Someone Let owns me, the domain. Right now. Someone must own the domain. I don't know if it's the original people or a tribute act, but someone's it's just a porn doing website now. That. You shouldn't have said that because now I'm. Was it under a different uh, dot something? Uh, no, it's just 
It's just Lemon Party, and yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's just a, it's another boring porn site. Sorry, guys. Lemon Party's a That's podcast now? <laughs> okay. It's an actual, <laughs> no, it's an actual party. They're, they're running for Congress. <laughs> oh, that actually makes Blue, me, that actually makes red, me sad now. No. Lemon Party's no longer a website. <laughs> like the original website. <laughs> Man, times change. I didn't. We're, I didn't hit get the old. memo. <laughs> times have oh, changed. Skibbity D toilets are very popular. Have we talked about that yet on this <laughs> pod? <laughs> no. No. I. But I know. I know it's hard to believe, but we have not talked about Skibbity. I have toilets. not. I have not. Um. So, so, same. so I know far more same. about I've been this than I ever wanted not to. At will, like introduce to this, uh, coming at you live from the Skibidi Toilet. We're gonna give oh, you the lowdown on I've... what the fuck Skibidi Toilet is, because it could probably end up in the movies at one point when we're older and the Gen Z- the Zoomers get control of the theaters. It might be sooner yeah. than you think. If the writer's You're... strike goes on for much longer. <laughs> From the makers of I mean, the look. <laughs> comes Skibbity Toilet. Look, I'll just say One, this two, real quick. Three, Matt Pat did a game theory on uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. And that escalated into like 16 spinoff games, two spinoff movies, and... Um, now the real movie Five Nights at Freddy's. And he just five hours ago put out Is Skibbity Toilet Dumb or Genius? Uh that's just a a game theory, a film <coughs> theory Okay, so here's here's the thing about it. Yes, it it's kind of dumb. But is it really any more dumb than any of the machinima shit that we watched as kids or any of the shit we watched on like legendary lily pad or Newgrounds? like every generation is going to have their dumb thing that they liked growing up on the internet. We just happen to be the first like internet generation. Yeah. So like we feel the sense of ownership over the internet. And now that we're seeing like a new generation, like I, occupying enough space for this to be I will the agree phenomenon with you. I, I, we have. From, a lot of people are pushing glance, back. I was like, oh, this is kind of silly. This is dumb. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you when it's it's refreshing, I feel like, to see um, little animated videos like this that are like a few minutes long that somebody put a lot of effort into kind of blowing the fuck up on, on YouTube when everything is full of like 10 minute long form content analytical breakdowns of secret invasion episode three part two so this is um i think there's a breath of fresh air that maybe youtube needed yeah a breath of fresh toilet air (laughs) yeah i i will say this this gives us an opportunity this gives content creators an opportunity i won't say us because i'm never gonna do it but um we have kids, I mean, even us, there are some early parts of the internet that we were not acquainted with, and even more so, the youth of today. Um, so there's an opportunity to repackage that and resend it out, and no one, the kids won't even know 
that it was a big thing and we know that it works because it worked on us what i'm saying is you need to start we need to start making youtube yeah. poops again i think i think we're TikTok turds and you put it on tiktok and it makes a gajillion million views or maybe like two or three years away from that because like youtube poops didn't really hit with our generation until like and the high school ish. Yeah. So we we're not quite that old yet. We just need a little a couple more years. <laughs> my my favorite adjacent thing to that is you ever just look up like twenty first century humor. Um and it's just all they just put all the memes on the screen at the same time. <laughs> and it's visual vomit. I'm like, oh, this takes me back. <laughs> Home. Home again. It's uh, real. It's real. Like uh like the effects of the writer strike are real and showing themselves once again in a very small tray watch. Their trailer review and roundup segment. Small but a, a little more a little more di- diverse, a little a little more variety. I feel like they're they're scraping because two of these are Netflix trailers and they always have shit queued up. And one of them is a foreign film that they've purchased <laughs> outside of the union. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, foreign films are going to get real hot in the next six months. And that's all that's really being advertised. And last week, there were only like two trailers yeah. also. So I think yeah, we're, we we're kind of... Like a... we we're in it now, boys. What's yeah. already on usually the calendar... Is what's coming. Usually we see like a, week, a, a dry <laughs> Buckle up week for the dry spell. Get, they, they, they back end it all for the, the week that we are in a time crunch. And it's like, well, we got 12 trailers to go through. So um, this is this is the <laughs> second dry week. And yeah, it's, it's even the foreign film is. I don't know. Is it about vampires? I need. Yes. Talk about it. Oh, the El Conde. Um, uh, the Count. It is. Yes. It is. Um, what if? What if Dracula, but Spanish history, <laughs> Spanish history and culture. Yeah. Uh, I guess Latino. It seems. Culture, it seems like a. At first, it seems as if it's like some sort of. Uh, like very different kind of movie, like a, a a period drama of sorts about a a wealthy family uh, with like dysfunctional family members. You know, the arrested develop bloodthirsty father's inheritance knives out drama. Yeah, like very very well uh, trodden ground, and then all of a sudden, vampires. <laughs> Much like dusk till dawn. It just... It becomes a vampire. It really came out of nowhere. <laughs> Your accountant is a vampire. <laughs> and, and uh, like, the visuals take a completely different turn towards the ridiculous. You got, like, hearts being put in blenders and good juzzling that down. Um... So all all that being said, it looks it looks fairly interesting. I don't. I think this is what happens when you drink the Grimace. Seek shake. that one out. Like, but they're actually. Gonna sh- 
Yeah, they're actually showing you what happens when you drink you a Grimace shake. It's a continuation movie. of that. Yeah. Scientists have visualized what happens. <laughs> Grimace shake visualization. Is this truly the face of Grimace? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you ever seen, um... Yeah. You ever seen those, like, ten-hour fractal dives? This is uh, this is uh, what the film the film directors <laughs> think like the biblically accurate grimace is is gonna look like. <laughs> yeah. I just the true face of God. That's a really good gamer tag. Grimace is the real First God. All, biblically accurate grimace is going to be my next account <laughs> name <laughs> somewhere. You can have. Well, put that no. You can change your Steam uh, alias at any time, so you can do biblically accurate grimace. I used to do that with my friends all the time. We'd like do like stupid X Men uh, puns, like Swagnito and Swolverine. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Those uh, those are the only two I remember. Um, I'm sure if I gave myself that kind of time again i'd be able to come up with some some pretty good ones but i'm an adult now i ain't got that kind of time anymore <laughs> we have to we don't even have time to watch heart of stone final look um yeah i i'm sure it's very elucidating to as to what's going to happen in that movie um instead we have to play fair with fair play yeah fair play to that this is as I described it to Kurt, this is an Am I the Asshole post on Reddit, uh, stretched out to fit a two-hour movie. Yeah, it's probably going to be two hours, isn't it? Yeah, they said it was, uh, I think someone said it was hour 53. It's, it's, um, it's a very low-res trailer. <laughs> and, yeah. um, they do the fucking violin shit where it's just a bunch of violins going <laughs> the whole fucking right. trailer. He thinks he's ratcheting the tension, but he's just spinning the bolt. Yeah, just because you're... There's no, there's no grip there. Just because that sound right. makes people anxious doesn't mean your movie is building tension. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess this, it's about guy and girl work relationship, but girl gets a big promotion. <laughs> she made the most calls. You got quarter. our she biggest big client. Calls. <laughs> you sold how fish. many units? <laughs> wow. <million> dollars. <laughs> that hasn't been done since <laughs> Jenkins. We're offering you. Yeah, yeah you want stock options? You can collect your stock option in the mail. <laughs> I, I like to imagine it's just like a it's just a list of all the stocks. <laughs> yeah, the options that you can you can purchase these through our brokerage firm. <laughs> it's no, it's a, it's like a fucking uh, Diablo. The funny thing, it, the funny thing <laughs> is, it is like it is like a stereotypical just like well, we do we do business here. It's like if you freeze frame on their computers, it's just like ch charts yeah. that zigzag. Uh, they look like audio files. They're just all over the place. 
I got business to do over here. Look how many tabs are open on my computer. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? So they could have tied it to like a, maybe a specific industry and maybe given link some themes up there, but there's no time. You have to just establish the guy is. Oh, I, I can't wait for the uh, the Sigmas to come him. out and be like, yeah, this is why we can't have nice things or something. This is why women deserve to be baby incubators. I don't know. Some One group's going to get offended by this concept of of feeling small because their significant other makes slightly more than them. Dude, do you know how I, nice I don't that understand that mentality. <laughs> I would love to be a sugar daddy. Yeah. Or reverse that. <laughs> what is fucking it? Fucking like a cat man? Yeah. Yeah, cat cat man, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the term. If if VH1 has not led me astray. Sugar lad. Sugar lad. Yeah. The golden cup. Yeah, it fucking the yeah. double your income, double your household income. Do, oh no! I mean, <laughs> double your income. There's a name for those people. Well, job, especially with no kids, income. they're called dinks. Double income, no kids. They can support. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, gritty, gritty, intelligent thriller about dinks. That's the, that's the true. That's the yeah. true. Now, uh, if they had dogs, the dink right wads. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I have a couple of friends. Of that. course, you're gonna have dogs. Um, they they prefer they to be fill called the dildos, void of your though. Children. We found that out though. The <laughs> well, we you don't have to. Eat, we don't have some of the dog owner dog owners. Dog owner. We don't need to out what they what they're like in the bedroom. Well, I know what they're like. Here. They're into choking. They showed us at the table one time. <laughs> no, I should. <laughs> did, you, did you go for it? I uh. This story did, creates did a couple more questions. Did the come to you as soon as they heard the pregnancy announcement? Uh, no, the, like, the, the what was it? I think uh, got a pamphlet. The, for my you. friend's wife was um, hiccuping. And she and had learned about how you... the uh, carotid arteries, if you like restrict the blood flow or cut off the blood flow, uh, it helps stop the muscle that spasms or the nerve that spasms that triggers hiccuping. Um, and it's like an instant shut off for hiccuping. You know the nerve that it smothers is. You know what that's well, called. No, you just Your you don't do brain. it for a while. She did it for like. <laughs> yeah. So. No, you a little. Blood I think she did. I think she did it to herself. It'll stop more than your hiccuping. It'll probably so she stop like your grabbed his hand stops your like needing to breathe. Fingers on her carotid arteries and just said, "Squeeze there a little bit tighter." Okay, there you go. You're good. And then like held it for like 15 seconds. And she's like, okay, you're good. Well, she stopped hiccuping, though. It worked. So I'm like, okay. I'm sure it worked. She has brain trauma. Just like, just like I'm sure 
look. Going look, coming in a shock is a cleansing experience. Yeah. As an aside, can I talk about how the hiccups are like the human body's version of the Borg? Like there are ten thousand ways that people say to stop hiccups, and they work precisely once. <laughs> and they it adapts, and it's covered like it covers that weakness. I've never gotten the same thing to stop me hiccuping <laughs> twice in a row. No, you're, you're true. I don't often hiccup, but my girlfriend does at times. And I got her with scaring her once. And so I tried to do that all the time because it's hilarious. If I try to scare Kristen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it doesn't cure Kristen the hiccups right now, I wouldn't have to do much, much but anymore. I would probably induce labor. So I'm going to at least wait. <laughs> but no, it's interesting. Hiccups will like will change your whole perception of a person in that moment not forever but you know it'll it'll take like the manliest man and then humanize the shit out of them and be like oh he just like me for real for real like i saw my dad hiccup like crazy uncontrollably and just be like paralyzed with hiccups because i think he was drunk and i saw this man grab a grab a cup of water and try to drink it no he tried to drink it upside Luther down never. in the sink. I said, you are contorting your body in a way I've never seen. Again, again, what are the, what is this unhinged advice? Yeah, yeah he, he basically had to like waterboard water. himself. <laughs> Next time you get the hiccups, uh, you torture know, away your hiccups. That's what, that's what it gets, was for. They were just, just trying a, to develop they tried it's a high tech hiccup lot of hiccup laboratory. problems out there. That's what that's that's what Bush should've should have should have labeled it's it as. So scary. Or tack That's the only way Castro would let it let it stand. It's because he he or suffered the from the hiccups out horribly. there in Guantanamo. Fidel Castro noted Nuclear Secrets. Nuclear noted Secrets hiccuper. And hiccups. I hate them. I hate them. Hic- I'm running on hiccups. Who we? <laughs> Jake's, Jake's about to bust into it. All right, boys, get the bamboo splints. Get them under his nails quick. <laughs> yeah. Strap. Jake strap was, me under a bucket that's trickling like water at like one drop a second. Chinese water torture me, babe. <laughs> Dude, Mythbusters is like a weird source of um, valuable torture information. And I, I don't know what to do with that information. I know more than I should because of Mythbusters. I know you can have a bamboo steak grow through somebody in like three days. Yeah. Uh, I have heard of Well, that. no, not even just Poonji because yeah, Poonji has like poop on it. Um. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah you, you just can like tie somebody over a bamboo plant, and it'll like grow through their body. And I'm like, oh, that's unpleasant. Yeah, I'm sure it or, would be. Or you can just make them watch Sharknado but for ten years in a row. Why would you do that? No, no, hold on. Why would you grow a bamboo shoot through someone when we all know? That the optimal way to kill someone slowly is to stand them on a block of ice as they hang That's from a tree good. and wait for the ice to melt, as seen in the seminal movie <laughs> Ninja Operation Five: Godfather of the Master. Good one. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot that happened in 
I might have to go back and I gotta go back and binge the series. <laughs> I, I swear we haven't seen seven. I I'm gonna go see it this I'm gonna go see <laughs> that this weekend. I feel like I'm gonna go out to see it. It's sixtieth anniversary see, in movies. I've seen Operation Seven. How much do you think we could sell any tickets to a screening of that in if we get in in see, our town? The Madison might be able to like you might you might be able to four wall a uh, a screening at the Madison. I don't know if we could do it at the Regal. Um, no. As to whether we could sell tickets, good marketing campaign. We could do it. We could we could pack that theater. <laughs> Get Godfrey, you get Godfrey Ho. Uh, he he might he might have a problem now with the with the SAG SAG strike right now. He might still have his SAG card. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Godfrey Ho did a lot of union work. <laughs> well, you'll put him on the panel about like how to create a movie without with as little acting as possible. Yeah, so like he only directed presumably the ninja segments. Yeah. So his directorial experience consists of like five white Australians, <laughs> some silly ninja costumes, and a weekend of filming that he somehow stretched into over 30 movies. <laughs> Are we ever going to check out his latest movie, Manhattan Chase, that came out in 2000? As the last feature, yeah. As director, at least. Was that his last feature? We might have to. All right, Manhattan Chase. Let's see this. I mean, I I probably will at some point. Um, But... Well, we'll have to what say, is this well, guy Cynthia like, Rothrock in it? Okay. Who is this guy? He also he's, has an animated so movie Brendan that he's the director Kelly. of called <laughs> Alibaba and the Gold Raiders in 1999. Only, see, only half of that was animated. Half of that was taken <laughs> from another country's animation. Oh, it looks bad. Oh, oh! It looks really bad. Yeah, it's Godfrey, an animated it's a Godfrey, Godfrey Ho movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this it's, is Italo bootleg. <laughs> like, find this is. I mean, this is exactly his style. But if it was animated, oh god, thank god that Malaysian airplane went down oh, yeah. so we could all forget Not about even. this. Because that's that, this came from uh, Malaysia. Oh wow! This. But we can't forget about John Wick apparently because we gotta milk that what? that IP dry oh. with a new yep. Peacock series, I think. The Continental from the world of John Wick. It's a prequel um, of a following a young Winston Scott as he's dragged into presumably the Continental. And, I think, and there's, it's the prequel show because I don't I think I don't know if you're gonna be able to cram anything in the present timeline. So, well, they set up a spinoff 
characters potentially in in uh, the last movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I Although, I don't know. Yeah, I think I I feel like they're very close, but they they just missed the mark on this. I don't know. It may still be a hit. Um, but when I think of like what the appeal of John Wick was, in especially in respect to the Continental, it was that it was like a very classy place. But also everyone. Oh, shit! I didn't realize, realize you were like, cool like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you kill people? <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were cool like that. See, <laughs> babe, babe, babe. <laughs> look, it's Samuel but he's talking about the guns <laughs> instead of the wines. It's like a double entender. <laughs> yeah, it's um. It looks fine, I guess. Yeah. I and fuck it. If if Peacock is is if this is what Peacock's doing, where they're just they they're making R-rated TV shows of like popular franchises. Yeah, that's true. Peacock's had some pretty decent output of late. Um, yeah. Shout out to the Twin Towers for making an appearance in this. Yeah. Pretty cool of them, reprising their role. Yeah. How did we make them Twin Towers? I mean, that's that's actually kind of a little bit bold because it's still kind of touchy subject. I think um, it's yeah, it's gonna. Be I think we're actually a couple months away from uh, the memory's gonna be there. being okay to joke about it. <laughs> there's there's like a there's like a an equation. You can you can do yeah. to figure out how long uh, how long how much time has to pass until it's okay to joke about things. I can get more info. I can get more info and, and get back to you. I think, yeah, I think I think I know that equation for like when dying, <laughs> uh, and it's about three seconds. Lol. Queen dead. Lol. Ah, we're we're breaking the breaking announcement. The Queen of England has died. Yep. Uh, 22.3 years. And that is also. Um, uh, it's the South Park rule. <coughs> 22.3 years. How, how much was it? 22. Uh, December 29th. So. So. This is the last taboo uh, 9-11 yes. that's going to... Yes, on December here. 29th at 11.10 p.m., it will be okay to make fun of 9-11. Rip, rip Bozo, smoking on that 9-11 pack. on your calendars, boy. Uh, uh, so, that's what we got for the <laughs> Continental. Um we just wanted to leave that isolated soundbite out there of you, Jake, saying that on the state. It's okay to joke about 9-11. FBI over here. FBI, feel free to no, do with that whatever FBI you want. FBI over here to the sound of freedom, um, people. God damn. Uh, you know, it's not a trailer, but holy shit, they found out the call was coming from inside the house where uh, a uh, low-level producer or something like that... Um, was found to have trafficked children. Uh, you know the the guy. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. Movie I think I shared it in the group child chat. trafficking. Um, it's just a neat little factoid. Take that home. I like to chew on it sometimes. Yeah. Pretty cool. And child traffickers in it. That's why it's exactly. so uh, so praised for um, its accuracy. Speaking of accuracy, uh, not on our list, but uh, I don't know if you've heard about this little movie tidbit coming out on August 30th to a theater near you, uh, Slother House. Uh, let right. me let me. You've got my attention, Jake. Uh, yeah. You have my uh, curiosity. Let's, let's that bad boy the slowest the burn chat. thriller. If you want it. Slotherhouse is a horror movie, you guessed it, about a sloth. Um, it starts off a little psycho-esque with a lady in the bathroom. Um, I guess it's reverse because she was in the shower. She pulls back the shower curtain to reveal a sloth hanging there. Just hanging there. A puppet. And then he goes at it. So these people uh, get the chance to buy a sloth. And they buy it, and uh, they're like, cool, sloth pet. Yeah, that's what all the kids love. This is, I love how it's like very, so very obviously a puppet that it almost feels Chucky-esque. Yeah, it's, uh, guess, it's yeah. not, it's it's a definitely a fake sloth. They didn't, but I appreciate that. Like, I, I don't, I think this would have suffered from like a CG sloth. I... It lets you know yeah. that it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. This is not meant to be like a serious horror movie. This is a, a horror comedy. Um I all right, side note, little shout out to one of the I think the the female lead of this, the 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 heroine, the last girl, played by Lisa Mbalavanar. Just a, just a great name. Indie movie. Amblavinar. August thirtieth. Yeah. I also found. Um, uh, I didn't realize there was a Rotten Tomatoes indie YouTube channel. There's a. Yeah. There's a lot more That's where indie that one movie came trailers from. out here. Um, I don't know if I want to. Yeah. Because they're independent yeah. and non-union. Uh, but they all. So here's the thing about talking about a lot of indie movies is who knows how widely these any of those are going to release. Um, <laughs> have you seen? Did you see the Good Boy trailer? Wait. Oh my god! Um, right. And so, side note: Have you heard about the Japanese guy dressed up as no. a border collie? Um, this just think of that when you watch. Yes. You can skip like to a. I don't know, 25, 30 seconds in. I don't know. I, I'm i kind of enthralled by the, the movie right next to it. Now, you've heard of everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. Now get ready for before, before now, and then. So Good Boy is... In the preposition universe. Good Boy is just <laughs> fucking a reverse Wilfred. Someone literally watched Wilfred was like, that's cool. What if I kind of like what shook if that I up a bit? the dial to uncanny? I can make a movie. <laughs> or to unsettling. <laughs> the more just unsettling. <laughs> oh, 
All right. All right, boys. We found uh, this. This is interesting. We I'm putting this in the rotation. This channel. Sure. There's some good. There's some good horrific shit. No, like we can't. We can't flum this shit because it's 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 never gonna come out in theater. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like no one's gonna come and see the the Jules movie with the with the gray the weird gray alien just hanging out eating popcorn. Yeah, it's interesting stuff every now and then for a look but i i think we'll we'll stick to the major studio films that the major arteries are going to show up in in our next segment the follow up where we follow up on some of the movies we preview and tra- watch and see how they do at the box office for the third consecutive week the number one movie in America uh, for weekend 31, August 4th through the 6th, is Barbie, bringing in $53 million. Across the billion-dollar threshold, $1.059 billion, um, within shouting distance of the highest-grossing movie of the year so far, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. So glad to know that art is not dead and the two biggest movies of the year aren't soulless commercials for products. <laughs> well, I know some would argue with it about the soulless, but I'm not going to argue with you about the products. Um, good thing we're out here with uh, more artistic uh, independence. <laughs> With our number two, in its first week, uh, Meg 2, The Trench. Yeah, opening with $30 million, which, you know, I'm not sure if um, it would have done better if, like, Barbie and, and whatnot weren't out. Because um, I feel like by this time, the overall box office has shrunk so much that I don't know how much of a like Barbenheimer wave everything's riding. How much of the block should be busted? Yeah. So I don't I don't know how to feel about that number. Uh but it's made a shit ton of money overseas. 115 million dollars internationally. It's already made 154 million dollars. That that explains some things. Yeah. I <laughs> I can't imagine you know, this movie cost much at all to make. And, I mean, what we're about to show you uh, kind of reflects the, interna- the international palette. Uh, because the, as dark as the trench is, it still found itself in the spotlight. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. So, the Meg 2, the trench here, we got a 5.5 out of 10 rating on IMDb, a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a meta... Critic score of Dremel Prix 41, user score of 5.3. So uh, mediocre would be the word that uh, critics would likely use to describe this movie. But who gives a shit about those critics? They ain't got no souls. You don't need to listen to their opinions. And you can show them naked on television. 
Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. I just see the reviews, and they're the ones where the bodies fly out. These are just the reviews where the stars fall out. <laughs> they said that to me at a dinner. Uh, so a, a, a Bezo here can be hired for your uh, pornography uh, needs or something. I don't remember the joke that I was setting up there, so we're just going to move past that. Um, <laughs> he has a 9 out of 10 review of the Meg 2, the Trench. Two hours of fun. Do you need more? Posing the real philosophical questions. Warning spoilers ahead. Um, if you were curious, if you were curious about what what was going to happen in Meg Two, then might not want to listen to the body of this review. The Meg Two is a lot more comedy than the first one. The rare semicolon, uh, which does not mean is soft. There's heavy violence everywhere. Very impressive stunts, and the Megs itself are very terrifying the main difference another semicolon the first one was more dramatic with some important characters dying in this one only the bad one and some very secondary ones died (laughs) in any case the movie does its best to avoid unnecessary It's a grounded movie. There's no drama to Jason Statham about to fucking attack a shark with a samurai sword. <laughs> uh, which does not mean lacks which does not mean lacks entertainment. This guy's speaking in haikus over here. The movie starts a little slow, but the tension and action increase very soon. The last action is spectacular with the action divided among the different characters. In brief, perhaps not as good as the original for some people, but a lot of fun. 13 out of 18 found that helpful. That was one of the more helpful reviews I've read in a while on this segment. And uh, I don't know what it says about the movie. And I also don't really know, well, I guess the spoilers is that the action is divided among the different characters at the end. And only the bad one I, died. I just, I just. I guess that was it, yeah. But I just realized um, I have died, sharks yeah. on my shirt, um, so it's fitting that we're doing this. If you wanna, of course. You got yeah, sharks on your shirt, so but don't call you a shark it's shirt. Fitting that we're doing this. I sharked a little bit. He sharked, a, he sharked all over himself. So I'm going to read I this one out of ten in my best uh, Jason Satham impersonation. Let me... Uh, one out of ten. Cinematic sure Abyss. By Avalon P99. MIG-2. The Good trench sinks to new depths of awfulness, earning the dubious honor of being Statham's worst movie by far. The... The palpable absence of the previous dark cast further drowns this terrible sequel, leaving a void that Statham simply couldn't feel. The plot is so awful, it's as if a kindergarten child was handed a pen and paper during writer's strike and was told to write whatever popped up in their head. Shall we talk about acting? 
The protagonists were mediocre at best. Their acting looked forced and unnatural. As a supportive characters, they all looked as if they came straight out of high school drama workshop. Take that, female security guard, for instance. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna single her out. So unnecessary and annoying. <laughs> Jesus. The actress herself was so unable to deliver a single convincing line. Every time she spoke, I found myself wincing. Kudos for achieving such a cringe-worthy presence on screen. As for DJ, the comedic genius offering humor so intellectually stimulating, it's if the writers consulted a focus group of three-year-old kids. Perhaps the only one of one who could deliver somewhat decent performance was Cliff Curtis, but he still couldn't salvage this shipwreck of a movie. Furthermore, the CGI looked so cartoonish, I half expected the sharks to break into a dance routine straight out of a Sunday morning cartoon. Overall, a cinematic disaster that should... Uh, Saturday. Sunday morning cartoon. Overall, a cinematic disaster that okay. should come with warning label. View at your own peril. 9 out of 14, found that out, Paul. Uh, I was uh, Jake and I were spoiled for choice in these. Um, shout out to uh, uh, Blood VLZ's uh, review, uh, just like the book, except completely different. Love that one. Uh, but instead, we've got uh, My Young Luteria with their five out of ten, uh, a fast-paced survival Meg movie. It's by My Young. Jason is all over who tired to save the movie. I didn't get any thrilling experience, but enjoyable. All characters were okay, okay. Story is predictable, no doubt. We have seen these types of movie before. While watching people around me in theater were saying bad, good, and some saying nothing. Just watched. <laughs> Here is the proof that even Hollywood makes sequels bad. And there are many movies before. While writing <laughs> the review, I felt it. Fast-paced action movie, Jason all over. One-time watch. Don't spend too much on tickets, please. It's by my Yank review of Make to Trench. My Yank Parat Busan Luteria. He signed it. I, I love this man. Uh, one out of three. Well, I can't. Jason all over. Possibly compete. With that, except I do have an awful strong name. It was probably going to be the strongest name had that man not been named what he was named. <laughs> um, but we got it's, it's my we got Millard Zander dropping a review oh, up in here. Up there. Millard Zander. Millard Zander. I'm pretty sure that's that's my third or fourth adult film. <laughs> When I, when I really get into the CD stuff. He's got a 10 out of 10 review here. Seriously? Why take this movie seriously? Oh, come on. I saw so many bad reviews here. My first thought was, didn't everyone sign up for this, man? The trailers themselves had hinted so many times for months 
that the movie just didn't want to be taken seriously. Exclamation mark. It's an absolute no-brainer fun movie, and especially for those who had seen the first Meg movie, we'll conclude, this ain't Oppenheimer. (laughs) So in a nutshell, it's just a fun and joyful movie. Do ride along with this movie's never-ending silly entertainment and see where it takes you. I'm sure it'll be a blast to watch, and we'll give you plenty of chuckles along the the way. Certainly made my day, though. Smiley emoticon. 144 out of 199. Found that helpful. Powerful. Wow. Exhilarating. Very, very powerful. Okay. Now this one... This one goes out... Millard Xander. Everybody's got to take a drink because they do give their own rating at the end. Millard Xander has reviewed but three movies in his tenure on IMDb. Operation Fortune, Meg 2, 2.0. and something called 2.0. Hmm. Is that also a Jason Statham movie? No, it is a Bollywood action movie? Okay. By uh, no uh, issue. Oh. I think we almost watched this movie once, uh, actually. <laughs> One out of ten by Alex Anju. Maybe it's a sign. Um, I am, I am utterly ashamed. I paid to watch this atrocity. This film plunges into the trench of terrible plot, leaving you grasping for coherence. The first movie was also dumb, but a million times better than Meg Two. The filmmakers obviously used most of the budget to pay Statham and that Asian star. <laughs> Come on, you got to get the name right, you idiot. <laughs> and that Asian star. Asian. And then for some reason decided to scrape the bottom of the barrel for the rest of the cast. Whatever happened to A-list names like Ruby Rose, Lee Bing Bing, and Rain Wilson? He's an A-list star? Why would you try to float? The film with a crew of completely unknown, talentless actors who have who have come straight out of an amateur high school acting class. Hey, the other guy said the same thing. Now let's talk about the plot. Completely nonsensical, so indifferent and poorly written that leaves you wondering if the writers were playing a cruel joke on the audience. To top all that, CGI looked like it came out of a PS2 game. Save your money. This is so bad it seems uh, like it was written and played by a group of teenagers experimenting with their first camera. Plot, 2 out of 10. Acting, 1 out of 10. CGI, 4 out of 10. 3 out of 5, three out of five found that help. I don't think so. That's like a that's like a 2 or a 3 on average. It's like a 2.5 no. on average. Leave it to the middle, the middle childs to have the actual uh, math on this. Like uh, KM Kevin N. My, that's my new radio station. <laughs> Welcome to KM Kevin N. Sixty four seven thirty three. Your home for the hits of the eighties, nineties, twenties, and today. Um, and he's gotcha with this four out of ten review. He did the research. He did, he did the calculation. Did your research. Four out of ten because 2018's The Meg was a five out of ten. 
this sequel is 60% of the film was bad. <laughs> Pretty mid-movie. Nothing mind-blowing. I was not a exciting or want-to-keep-watching type movie. Definitely a one downgrading because this is a 4 out of 10 as the first one was a 5 out of 10. But you can get through the 1 hour 56 minutes. Story is kind of a made ridiculous in the moment. Visual effects, a.k.a. graphics and CGI on three sharks were disappointing for a 2023 shark buster movie. But there were some comedic scenes that I felt like it's not funny. I was not laughing at all. I would rather watch Spinge Bill on YouTube. That is way funnier than this. Please do not see this film because it will make you feel you left with disappointment. 47 meters down and Jaws 1 and 2 were very good. The Meg and this sequel, not the best franchise to me, but they're only one time watch and never watch them again or don't see this movie at all. Thanks to critics. Whether you choose, it's up to you. 16 out of 43. I, this man's heart is in all the right places. I really want to believe that Spinge Bill is just <laughs> how he tried to type SpongeBob. I need that in my life. <laughs> yes. Um, it might be his, like, his mockery of SpongeBob, but I still like Spinge Bill. Um, shark, I, I do also like the term shark buster. Yeah, that was, that's a new, that's new subgenre. Better than, well, almost up there with horror, Terror from the Deep. Yeah, I was about to say, don't you fucking try to tell me that that's better than horror, Terror from the Deep. <laughs> Shut your oh, fucking hey, horror mouth. Shit. All right. Spinge Bill Squag Pants is a YouTube poop character. Oh. Like it's the YouTube poop version of SpongeBob. Oh. So it all, it's all full circle, baby. Yeah, we've, we've brought it back around. Circle in square pants. Just like we're back at the box office now. Aha. Oppenheimer finds itself in third this week, down 37.6% in 29 theaters and out of 35 theaters. So I think that's just some of the 70 millimeter runs finishing up. Yep. Um, 569 million worldwide for Oppenheimer. Yeah, I believe they also announced quite that they the, are the um, extending the 70 millimeter run of Oppenheimer. Um, just oh, okay. Yes, I did hear yeah. it for like due to popular demand. Yeah, it's it's only like I think the major places. 19 theaters around the country that have the IMAX film 70 millimeter theaters. Yeah. Which, why does Grand Rapids, Michigan, of all places, have one? Like, what a random yeah. place, you know? That's why, you know, they got to they gotta bring you in somehow. Because most of them are, like, in major cities, like a bunch of cities in Texas, There's Los Angeles, really New weird York. One I thought was very strange uh, in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. And I, that's that's the one I was going to go to because it's two hours weird. from me. But I'm like, there is nothing up there. And somebody was saying they remember when that movie theater got built. And it's like, it's just because it's a part of a huge mall. So it could be because of like, if the mall is big enough, maybe they can opt in for that extra grandiose theater. Uh, but Yeah, let me see the King of... Let's, let me take a look at the King of Prussia Mall. 
a, it's a Simon property. Yeah, what was <laughs> that? Means literally nothing to me. <laughs> Save big on back to school styles at King of Prussia, Philly's premier shopping destination, with 450 plus stores and 30 plus. Eaters. Oh, I know where that is. We passed it on the way down to Jake's uh, wedding. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty big mall, I guess. Feature. Which, oh my god, this this model shot is so perfect. Uh, let me see if I can open this image. In. It is, this look is everything. I'm sending it over to you guys right now. Um, wow. Also, Givenchy. <clears throat> I, no clue. Peter has sent us a man in... Uh, <laughs> very short shorts with like... Mission Impossible suction cup climbing up the side of a window shoes. Dude! Short skirt and a long jacket. A very long, flowing black jacket, uh, replete with uh, angular shades with silver rims and black lenses, uh, holding just a leather thing yeah, that makes for sense. some uh, reason. Like a laundry, uh, a, a so this, has, this Regal has uh, 40X, which is... Um, Motion seats. It's cool. a motion th- seat theater with environmental oh, yeah. effects. It's got the, it's got the so if it rains in there, it rains on you in the theater, and yeah. you have to wear a a poncho. Yeah, I've. Yeah, so Jay, I'll tolerate I, that at an amusement yeah. park, but I will not pay um, extra money for that. <laughs> it's it's all the worst cinema gimmicks. Yeah, it's got the spray. So it has water spray in your face. It has little leg ticklers. It has roller coaster seats. Smell-o-vision. Like bubble machines. It's only $25 a pop. I honestly was thinking it was going to be more. (laughs) I thought it'd be like That's about exactly what I thought it would be. Because of... IMAX is like 18, I think. It's not bad. I figured this was going to be another like... That's, for an it's $25 for a single fucking movie ticket. An experience that you could get at like Universal Studios in 2002 on the Shrek <laughs> ride. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for I like the idea for Gran Turismo. So like when when the car is moving, you're moving, and if that's all they did with it. Oh, it's only 21 if we go uh during the afternoon at a matinee. Not bad. Ah, Who wants to okay. meet up for Blue Beetle that's, 40X? That's much more reasonable. <laughs> oh, God. They'll hit you. That, that movie will hit you with the strobe oh, lights. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Hank, that'll, that'll hurt my life. Lower the quality of my life. They'll come in. Like, the um, the professional graders will come in the end of my life put, to put me in the plexiglass and I say ah this is like this was going to be like a 9 but he went to see 40x like that's a that kind of defect we actually it can't we can't sell it we can't call it MI. it really hurts the resale value um teenage mutant ninja turtles ninja mayhem mutant mayhem that's the title mutant. Mutant Mayhem opened with a respectable $28 million in 3,800 theaters. Uh, not quite enough to uh, snipe the second spot from the Meg there, but 
a respectable showing nonetheless, uh, has thus far managed to gross $64 million worldwide, so must not be playing anywhere internationally. Which, I guess, makes sense, because I don't know how big the Ninja Turtles are outside of America. Yeah. Um, Haunted Mansion drops two spots already, down 61.7% in just its second week. $9.2 million. Uh, total worldwide gross of $64 million. Uh, that's a big oof for Disney, because they were expecting that to be, like their next franchise like they wanted pirates of the caribbean esque uh return on that and mm -hmm. they fell a bit short of that <laughs> yep wah, wah. uh yeah, getting I... disney just can't do it right now when your movie is uh barely beating out sound of freedom in its fifth week and has earned a hundred and uh, actually let's just do domestic because sound of freedom didn't come out internationally it has earned a hundred and twenty four million dollars more than your movie what's that budget like for yeah it might be time to pack it up also um ironically i was gonna say haunted mansion is much more thematic to have theaters yes. with all the well, tickets paid for but none of the seats filled yeah um, yeah, fucking <laughs> Haunted Mansion beat out Sound of Freedom this week by $1.7 million. Sound of Freedom played in 800 fewer theaters. Uh, Haunted Mansion's budget was $150 million, and I've seen a lot of marketing for that shit. I gotta imagine they spent at least $100 million on marketing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you can usually double the production budget for I... marketing. So yeah, three hundred million or yeah, like a three hundred. Yeah, every million time I open investment. up TikTok, I was seeing Haunted Mansion clips or ads. So it's it's popping, it, advertisingly popping. But they really they really push. I'm not this going one. to see it. I don't know why. Yeah, it is a tough sell because a lot of people just went to go see two movies in a row with Barbenheimer. And now you've set the bar so high with that. Yeah. They double dipped and now they got pulled back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 finds itself in seventh. That's That's another one that kind of took a big L. Um, like I don't think it lost money, or at least not really. I'm sure they'll say it lost money for tax purposes, but um, it was not the financial success I'm sure they were hoping it for. It was the last four hundred ninety-six million dollars uh, worldwide. I think it was almost a bill, if not over. Uh, what was it Fallout? Think so. If it was Fallout, uh, if it was Ghost Fallout, Protocol. it made a uh, worldwide seven hundred ninety-one thousand. Has it been five years since the last Mission Impossible? Alien. That doesn't seem quite right. Ghost Protocol was two thousand eleven. Rogue Possible. Nation twenty fifteen. Um, Fallout twenty eighteen. Not seeing. 
one in between. Wow. Oh, so okay. yeah, about, about a little under eight hundred million dollars <laughs> for Fallout and yeah, not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so about twice as much. Yeah, I mean, if they were if they were projecting that it was going to make higher or as much at least, I could see their budget. Yeah, I'm sure they expected it to make a little more because I think they've been trending up. Um, but alas, uh, talk to me. A twenty four finds itself in the top ten again this week. Uh, down 40% from last week, but still earning a cool $6.2 million, uh, $27 million worldwide for the Ouija board movie. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny finds itself in ninth this week, down two spots, down 60% out of the 975 theaters, pretty much wrapping up its theatrical run here. I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus within the month. Um three hundred and sixty nine million dollars worldwide for that another movie that i'm sure costs like probably 200 million to make and another 150 to market so disney's been stacking them l's recently after so many years of stacking them w's i saw some people talking about disney and their their stuff um I don't know if it was just. Yeah, that was a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. They said they were losing like $90 million a day or some mm-hmm. shit. Just an incredible uh, drain on their funds from all their projects that they have going right now. Trying, You know, they're, they're playing that game where they, they parlayed their success into more ambitious projects, and now they have to combat all the money that they sunk into it with how much money they expect to get out of it and the, just the scale of it still works. Like I'm sure the margins were the first thing they calculated and then the scale just proved to be uh, just so large and all the, the issues that had been bubbling around and floating around have finally come home to roost. They're re- some, I, whatever they're doing, they're still working though. It's um, their revenue is still up 13.3% year over year. Uh, up to twenty one point eight one billion dollars in revenue in March twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean, this is why I don't know how much stock I put in any of this stuff because they'll come out on one hand and say record breaking revenue, and then they'll also come. Well, I guess because revenue is just what comes in. If they're spending more than what comes in, it's still a loss. That's but they're like, we're losing so much yeah, on I Disney Plus. Like, like we're losing. I feel like if you were to break it down, some into like their movies, um, Disney Plus, the theater, the theatrical releases, and then like the parks and shit like that, um, their parks probably well overcompensate for their losses in in movies. I I, th- I thought I heard it was like their their parks alone bring in like one point some odd billion dollars in in direct like profit or revenue okay i thought it was i thought it would be like, like merch sales honestly i'm sure that's where most of their a lot a lot of their i, I don't know cuz like i feel like the well i guess the amount it costs to produce those 
is heavily outweighed, but I feel would feel that the film division would mm-hmm. be the highest revenue producer because it has the broadest reach. But then again, like they're only making one most audience members are per movie are making one like twelve dollars per so this uh per person. Whereas like I don't know, I feel like with merch, like they're just gonna you can sell that same IP for a longer time. Yeah, for a longer time, yeah, but like you have a certain amount of attachment that it's gonna have because, you know, I'm someone who would see a movie made by the Walt Disney Company, but I'm not someone who would buy like Disney merch. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not globally, their accountants. Uh, <laughs> globally, uh, the Disney parks make $28.71 billion in revenue. That was from 2022. Um, they bring in about $20 million every single day. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's a, a lot. lot. That, you know, every, every week they're making a mini movie from, yeah. from the parks alone. And I don't know if that's revenue or if that's just money, but that puts the worldwide well, parks at about revenue. twenty billion in annual so that's... profits alone. That's they said profit. Yeah, that's that's profit. That's after all the all the money's been taken out. All righty, um, and lastly in the top ten here, Elemental, which uh, also wrapping up its run here. We're just talking about Disney taking out. Well, actually, Elemental actually kind of rebounded and had itself a nice little run here. $425 million. I think Disney also put out a press release to kind of combat the notion that this movie flopped. Because, um, I mean, it, it stumbled out of the gate for sure. This movie was going nowhere fast for a while. But it found it found a little life in the wake of uh, I mean, that's the, the thing with of these kids movies is that they just have legs. You know... You just take a kid over and over to go see a movie sometimes, and that's that's your hour and a half, two hours of silence. Yeah, they don't fucking understand the concept of time, so they don't know that yeah. this movie opened five weeks ago. <laughs> but me, who knows how time works, <laughs> only needs to go see it once. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah, that's the top ten. It is the top ten. Um, shout out to Cat Video Fest twenty twenty three. Yeah, Cat Video Fest. Making and it's one week run, um, which probably is all it's gonna get is is made three hundred thousand off of just aggregated aggregated cat videos from the internet. Yep. In thirty six theaters. In thirty six Jesus. Yeah, I remember we've seen this a couple. Oh times. yeah, we've seen it like for the past four years, and we we always have the same reaction to it. <laughs> Just enchanted by its existence. Yeah. So may you may here's to another <laughs> year of cat videos. It's it's will be here long after the internet is. Done. Yeah, honestly, like I if if. It's possible for something to never go out of style. It'll be cat videos because it's just we the internet has been so saturated with them for so long, but they're still so popular. Right, just the like the 
the influx was so strong that it's just still draining out. It's like putting a pinprick in a in a fucking Olympic swimming pool. <laughs> you're just gonna get you're just gonna get output for years, decades, millennia. Um, that's movies. Yeah. Followed up. Yep. Let's talk some gaming news briefly here. Putting down your asbestos. Did you see? Did you see Baldur's Gate roll. release its first um, first patch? It um it patched penises C and tell D, me about it. Um, no longer clip through the clothing. Yeah, that's very important. And there was one <laughs> other gen. So at least there's four there's options. Actually, like you know, you have four options penis for penis. Options, and then there's four vagina options. Um. Apparently, Baldur's Patriarchy. Gate Three is the horniest RPG that this reviewer has ever played. Um, I have heard a lot about the um, relationships in Baldur's Gate. Uh, somebody said they had to try. You have to try not to get into a uh, emotional relationship with uh, uh, one of your players. <laughs> so, a little background. Marianne trying its damnedest to get its. <laughs> Get its players laid. Well, so here's what you need to know Digitally. about this is Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were developed by BioWare, and BioWare is very famous for having romance be a <coughs> major component in its RPGs. And Laren, trying to stay true to that form, has gone to this extent. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so. Is that 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 was the patch? That was it. Uh, oh. General, yeah, lots it's of a, it's general customizations. Yep, it's a thin, uh, <laughs> Uh, bomber cyberpunk is actually for real actually this time coming out the 18th um so i'll be playing that next week but my actual news story is uh overwatch 2 has moved on from early access it's now it's now ready guys yeah i got this this is the moment they got its little story missions um yes they put in they finally put in pve mode and it's uh I mean, yeah, they, it's they not a lot. Ago that they dropped the <laughs> yeah. original plan for the for the launch of PVE, and they scaled it back quite significantly to like little mini missions that you can complete. Yep. yep. But we're done. Yeah, we're but now now you can play it at, at its full ready. glory, um, with one less character on your team. I think. Yeah, there's there's some yep. distinction legally with early access stuff that it's kind of significant that it's out of early access. But I don't remember exactly what that stuff is. Um brief mention here of uh magic news that's gaming related coming out of Gen Con. Uh we've got New Universes Beyond crossovers announced and Fallout 
is on the docket. It will be pre-constructed commander decks, uh, like Warhammer 40k. Same with Final Fantasy, right? Uh, yeah. That that was I think yeah. 2025. So 2024, the release is going to be Fallout, and then I think uh, 2024, yeah. five. Five is Final Fantasy, and then Jurassic yeah. World, um, I think, is the last one. If Final Fantasy would... would oh, that's right. Oh, Assassin's Creed is also coming in July oh, 2024. Ass, ass Creed. Um, man, I, I, all I want out of the Final Fantasy set, I'm not going to buy it, but all I want out of it is, like, um, triple mode spells. So you can have Fyra, or Fire, Fyra, and Fyraga. <laughs> And you pay more for the different modes. That's a good one. That's all I want. Um, so yeah, they had a, they had a big announcement also of the sets that are coming out. That's really all I have to say. I'm trying to get the uh, the full list so I don't misquote. I vaguely remember the bulk majority of it. Yeah. So uh, well, in Q1, we are re- returning Ravnica remastered. So we're having another. We're having. Yeah, so Ravnica Remastered, followed by Murders at Karlov Manor, followed by your Fallout um, Universes Beyond set. Uh, Q2, we're looking at... That's that's three products in Q1. (sighs) Outlaws of Thunder Junction is your Wild Wild West-themed plane um, and set that we're going to get in Q2. Yeah, oh, that sounds cool. Um, the big reveal yeah, also was good. a um, silhouette shot of some characters that are walking th- in the sun sunset or something like that. You can make out Vraska, uh, and what is assumed to be Jace next to her. Uh, big news because they were last seen Phyrexian eyes and escaped somewhere. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, the antagonist. Uh, possibly is going to be uh, Oko. Um, he's there. I think there is a new Planeswalker oh, or Oko. not, or not Planeswalker. We're Can't not sure because they have also announced that there's only going to be one Planeswalker per set, uh, which is okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how Whatever. that affects gameplay. It's not like I played with a lot of planeswalkers anyhow. Yeah, they're yeah. I mean, they're some standard sets did great. have a lot of like interesting planeswalker editions, um, and they were pretty pivotal in a lot of cases. But um, you still have your consistent like red aggro decks and white enchantment decks that didn't really use them that much. Um, you have uh, who was the um, Rakdos was also a silhouette that people were thinking was going to be in there. Rakdos, a new Planeswalker, and then I think that was it. Um, then we have, after Thunder Junction, we have Modern Horizons 3. This is only Q2. Yeah. Oh it's time to shake uh, up the meta again. <laughs> we have the Assassin's Creed crossover, followed by uh, Bloomborough, which is a new plane that we're going to. Um, it's going to be another standard set. And that is the whole anthropomorphic animals. Okay. Um. Yeah, kind of. I guess maybe. Oh, it's Zootopia. So we'll counter we'll see Earth. What with that. And then uh, yeah. finishing that off is Duskmorn. 
House of Horror, which I don't know what that is. No. Is that like a that crossover is... IP? So they're going to do... Wait, they're going to do another horror? I'm not sure. Um, magic people... Yeah, we'll have to Sounds see what... Um, the picture that on the thing looks like it's um, a Fraxian in nature. It's got the white and red kind of aesthetic, so I'm not sure what, what that's, what's going on with that. Um... There was also some unofficial what's, what's official things that were also announced that they haven't named yet, but they have like project names. Um, let me see if I can uh, suss it out in here. Uh, I'll get to it, but um, I know a couple of them were that one of them was the Jurassic Park set. One of them was the uh, Ravnica Clue Edition. Which is gonna be like a, a MTG Clue crossover, but not Clue, and I don't think Magic, so a possible different game. I <laughs> so so like an actual a license. Wait, so it's not just a license? No, it's not a not a Clue game of Clue. It is, but it is a collaboration with Clue. Where I think they take probably characters from Magic the Gathering and turn them into the colored characters of Clue, uh, where then you play, you play a different game that's so not Clue. Game that's not Clue. And also maybe that's not Magic. Wait, no, no, no! I think we're just getting a universes beyond uh, set, and you're going to be able to I play so. Colonel Mustard. Yeah, that's the goal. I hope so. As your commander, um, there's there's got to be a you win the game card, which is just you find yeah. solve them. There is also um, some code name, um, code name sets that are out. Fuck, I don't, I can't find them right now. But um, I know one of them was like space. One of them was football. Sorry, I got. Uh, it's sports world. Are we? We're gonna. Pl- Ultimate athletes are coming to Magic. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can find it later. All right, that's enough of that. Um, yeah. So thank you, Jake, for the entire Magic the Gathering. Yeah, they, they did it to like twenty twenty six. What they want to release, and it's I'm like, stop. I mean, that is when the future... That's how long the Future Future League usually yeah. pre-tests their Oh, also, the, the Jurassic Park set... Yeah. The, but you don't have the to Jurassic announce Park them all set was, is, a, is a collaboration yeah. with uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. So I think that's coming in, like, 2020... End of 2024. That makes that makes more sense than, than Transformers Brothers War. Uh, but, Although I don't want to see, uh, I I don't want to see Jeff Gold. Uh, and and according to some of the artwork, it seems like in Modern Horizons three, we're getting a reprint of all three Titans or possibly new Titans of the uh, uh, Eldrazi Titans. Yeah, some Eldrizzles. Um, Eldrizzles. 
I love, I love, you know what? That says a lot about how broken those cards are that they can be reprinted yeah. in a modern horizon um, set. Dustmorn, uh, clarification on Dustmorn. Yeah. House of Horror is a top down modern horror set. Think 70s, 80s horror movies where the whole world takes place inside a giant mansion. This set will use horror differently than Innistrad sets or Frexian sets. Okay. Yeah. So, betrayal. <laughs> Um, I saw. Oh God, you you got me thinking. I mean, that is great, but you got me thinking about time moving and sets and stuff. Before we move on, I saw a video. We're well past time. What was Eldrazi? What was Eldrazi Winter? And I was like, no, no. And then I looked at it and Battle Battle for Zendikar was eight. Was so uh, the twenty twenty five to twenty twenty six lineup is Innistrad remastered in in this order. Uh, tennis. Oh my God. Ultimate, <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy, Volleyball, Wrestling, Yachting, Jake, Zip please <laughs> Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Jake naming thematic nouns. Alrighty. Um, lastly That's here, yeah, I guess we could yep. just move on. Linux overtook Mac as the second most popular gaming OS, largely on the back of the Steam Deck. Who the fuck would have thunk that the more accessible and more user-friendly... Well, it's pretty much all due to the Steam Deck. Uh, and it's and it's user-friendliness and being able to be put on the Steam Deck. Yep. Alrighty. And that brings us to our, our feature here, which... Um, I know everyone sees the title before they start to listen to the episode. And if you made it this far, you're at least curious enough to engage with what might... I don't know if it's the worst movie I've ever seen. But it it, it competes. It competes heavily uh, with, with, with Titans... <laughs> Like Neil Breen and yep, Tommy Wiseau. Is, yep, this is living in that Manos Hands of Fate kind of realm. This is living in that uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space kind of vibe. Um, this is one of those movies that's has that enigma, has that power to it. It has that mysterious comes out of nowhere. By virtue of the fact, you that know, I, I like that this movie nowhere. didn't try to make itself longer. It was a cool like hour and twenty minutes, or less. Oh, hour and oh, five it minutes. Fucking sorry. No, it definitely five minutes. Yeah, it felt like an hour and twenty. Minutes. It definitely tried to I make like... itself feel longer because there was so much yeah, filler. Maybe, in maybe it. it was the uh, the carbon monoxide poisoning that I induced to myself because I watched this. While uh, my car was running inside an enclosed space, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, on my phone while the, while the car was running because I had to charge my phone, um, and I got a little chilly, so I just plugged up any um, holes from the outside with um, a towel uh, and, and opened up the windows as well. I just wanted to <laughs> make sure I was extra warm. <laughs> Peak viewing experience. Peak Carbon viewing monoxide poisoning. Rat fink and boo boo. Uh, 
this movie was um, it's a just a mystery to me how it got made, what they were thinking when they made it, and why I some places require us to pay money for this. Like why they could think they charge money. <laughs> yeah. To watch this movie. Like I've I've said this before. Italian cinema is like the most hit or miss thing ever. Like it's either really good shit or just bizarrely bad shit. And rat think in boo boo. <laughs> Which just even saying that <laughs> You know, maybe hurts, if we were hurts like, hurts in the sixties, it would it would have a different like oomph to it because I it sounded like Fink was a no um a commonly used word at the time. Well, a rat Fink is like a mobster term. Yeah, like it's it's a ah, he's a rat Fink. See, I don't know if it's like that, but it's. It's a term that an informer is or spy, used. a traitor. Oh, I don't like that. What a what a bizarre choice for your superhero name. Hold on. Um, now it's like mainly you as kind of a contemptible or undesirable it's... person. Oh yeah, still I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that describes him pretty well. Um. No, this movie, so the story of this movie, apparently, as I understand it. Um, All right, let's compare notes here. <laughs> not the actual plot of the movie, oh. but rather the story of the production was uh, this was going to be a movie called The Depraved, uh, and that constitutes the first half of the feature. Then Ray Dennis Steckler, um, who you may remember from the other, his other somehow worse movie, um, <laughs> The incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. That's a that's a cult classic, like a real classic of bad film. Yeah, um, mystery science theater. That same one. He is that same Ray Dennis Steckler. <laughs> um, he got bored halfway through, if you can believe it, and said, um, "I'm going to make this a superhero movie now." And, and when we say he got bored halfway through and decided, I'm going to make this a superhero movie now, I fucking mean it. For 35 goddamn minutes, I watched, like, barely edited, uh, sequ- well, actually heavily edited sequences of dudes calling up chicks and stalking them. And in the stalking shots, there were never any shots that conveyed how far apart they were from each other. You knew they were both walking, and you knew that he was behind her. But you never knew how close he was, really. And I I knew that Ray Dennis Steckler likes to watch women's asses. And he's got the Neil Breen thing going. Men's, too, apparently. There was a lot of... I can throw some fucking cheese shots in here. A lot of butt shots there. Everyone will notice. Yeah, and so, like, these terribly drawn-out stalking sequences that do nothing to further the plot in any way. Um, and it all culminates. So that, that that first part of the movie culminates in them abducting the leading lady here, uh, C.B. Beaumont, Beaumont, yeah. Du- C.B. Beaumont. C.B. Beaumont. C.B. Beaumont, yes. Um, I should know because there is a whole scene where 
the guy calls up C.B. Bo. Is this C.B. Beaumont? She's like, yes. He hangs up. And he calls again. And he's like, is this C.B. Beaumont? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So on the one hand, I guess it's supposed to be unhinged. Also, this is so fucking it, annoying. <laughs> I want to punch this man. Yeah. And like, it's just their whole plan hinged on so many weird little you contrivances. Know, it's really interesting because I... I was gonna say my my anyway, interpretation back, of this was a lot, back to my, lot different because I, I I really saw right off the bat that this was a a heavy handed critique of of nineteen sixty six politics uh, in the wake of the Kennedy assassination. Uh, you know the U S has uh, five hundred thousand troops in Vietnam and uh, it's it's mainly like a a anti Johnson sentiment of him signing the FOIA Act. You know, I, I definitely get that they they were. Are you just googling 100%. shit that happened in But I'm like, yeah, okay, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I can see why the beginning of this definitely is like, hey man, leave us alone, stop spying on us. We just want to play rock and roll, like it's a, um, it, it's trying to, it's anti-establishment, man, and we're gonna rob whoever gets in our way. And you're like these thugs coming up, robbing these innocent women of their pearls. Um, and then at the end, it's like, but you, you're still going to send us to war and fight. And Rat Fink and Boo Boo are, are you know, going through the, like they were going through those hills to fight that ape. It's guerrilla warfare. It all kind of makes sense. So they're they're like the, the brave soldiers uh, going over to Vietnam against their will and, and taking out innocent Viet, Viet Cong or whatever the fuck they were doing over there. Just getting blown up for no reason, man. They're coming out of the trees, man. So let, let me... Uh... So I should, clarify, I should clarify. I wanted you to keep talking because now, after having finished that, I genuinely believe that your word count in that was higher than the word it count of, could have been. of this movie. Yes. Well, possibly because in the scene where the chain gang are just sitting around and the one guy's like, come on, let's go do something. He like repeats the same fairly lengthy line 17,000 times. As he's pacing back and forth and no, nothing is conveyed through this scene. Um, well, it, nothing, it sets in motion no dynamic. Yeah. Like it gets, it tells them what the next scene is going to be, but the scene itself has no pacing. It has no direction. Yeah. It has no, like, it doesn't build to anything. Um, but that's really the big problem. That's, one of my that's, that's, that uh, yeah. A good portion of the movie is like that. No, he knows how camera shots should work. And like, that you can use different angles. Does he? Because he also put a camera on a moving car with like no stabilization and had that shot in his movie for almost 20 seconds. <laughs> okay. He theoretically knows how cameras work. He has never take he never took an editing class. I don't think there was I don't think he understands what editing is and why you should use it. Um, he knows that you cut between shots. Um, but he doesn't realize that you have to put out a rhythm and a pace to um, the director the <laughs> Director Ray Dennis Steckler, no, I think, is uh, nicknamed One Take Ray, uh, where he just he's infamous for just taking the first take and being and saying it, knowing confidently that's perfect. Um, 
Yeah. He he definitely used the entire take. The amount of held long, like held wide shots in this. Yeah, I I have to believe that if you edited this movie down to uh, like just content, like things that happen, like make it feel more like a movie. A Twenty minutes. You'd TV be left show. with like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, this is this is so, a YouTube, you know where I th- a mid-sized YouTube video. Where I think this movie um, kind of lacks in its maybe directing or cinematography, it definitely is outshined by its uh, writing. Um, well, you didn't love, love the gratuitous shots of people's what? mouths while they were driving. You didn't like the repeated cuts to one of the dude's white capri pants. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna. Well, in terms of the cinematography, like, I think it was great because it, it made me feel something, um, and that was nausea from the shaky camera movements i didn't know where i was i lost i lost my train of thought i i thought i was back in nam uh i was the rat fink so much i in the grassy knoll of nam (laughs) (laughs) like i'm pretty sure that they just had the cameraman climb on the hood of the truck probably um fucking like so much ridiculous shit is in this movie, including the hard right turn that I, I sat up, set up, but never paid off. Um, so they do this whole fucking stalker movie, like 35 minutes and CV, uh, with, with some stupid, with a dumb plot as it is, because it hinges on, they catch her because she runs away from the populated, uh, pool party that she is at with people around her. And says they s- they go. set an ambush. They need they set an ambush for her at her house. Uh, whether her gardener's there, and they don't interact until much later on than they probably should have. Um, but we don't need to set anything up. So anyway, she gets kidnapped. Um, the gardener, who turns out to be Boo Boo, um. Has gotten his ass kicked by these goons. And is nursing a concussion as our hero, um, which I think is his character's name and not his name. I was wrong about this before a show. The character's name, the the actor is Ron Haydock, and he's playing country country music star or rock star Vin Saxon. Yeah. Which, that is a top tier name. But um, he's like nursing his headache as... Again, the other thing is the music has no... It, it's not thematic at all. He's like, superheroes have, like, orchestral themes. Yes. Does not know how to use it. But he's... Yeah. Uh, the gardener is nursing his head wound as Vin Sachs is, like, playing a jaunty tune. Like, oh, man. He's playing girl. a folk like, song. girl has been kidnapped by serial But kids. it's not like... I think you're, you're underselling it, even, because he's not just, like... His character is shown to be playing it, but they're clearly just playing a song that had already been recorded because there's more than one guitar in that composition and he's harmonizing with himself. <laughs> and they do that three times in this movie. He has three song sequences in this movie. Three of them. One of which I believe half the lyrics are run, 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 run. Yeah, they were ahead of their time in songwriting. And he, and he runs at the camera, and I'm just like, ah, I never want to see that too in the morning. As he's like dunking on this girl at various sports. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think that was that was CB, right? That was them setting up the relationship. Yes. Um, 
So anyway, she's been falling in love montage. She's been kidnapped, and they they hem and haw. He he finishes his song, and then they do a little hemming and hawing about not necessarily how they're gonna get their get her back, but just like we gotta go do something. And so they walk into a closet together. They say it's time for uh, you know who and who who. Um, yes, and then they walk into a closet. And they just walk out in the... No, after after a comedic segment. Yes. So, like, the tone of the movie completely changes as soon as that closet door closes. Closes, yep. And it holds on a shot of the doorknob. He's like, oh, don't, don't stop my feet. And it's like, he's like, oh, I'm charging my battery. And that kind of, that did surprise me. Because I'm like... Wait, they had chargeable batteries in the 60s? Well, I mean, car yeah, batteries have been right. chargeable for I guess ever. So, yeah. <coughs> um, but yet they step out, and um, who wants to describe the costumes? <laughs> um, so imagine someone without a lot of money wanted to go to a Halloween party as Batman. So they got like gray long underwear and heavy wool underwear and they got a, a pair of black briefs to go over that and a really chintzy looking Farsi letter Farsi letter from Rutgers yeah and they're really uh chintzy looking tool belt uh subbing in as a utility belt and uh instead of a cowl just a regular ass like ski mask full face black ski mask with inexplicable white eye lining. Yeah. And a little bun on top of his head. Like a criminal might wear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I I can't even begin to describe what the fuck is on Boo Boo's face. Um, the blue beetle uh, infected him Boo-Boo first. Looks like, it honestly looks like my my mom's home crafted stockings no offense to you mom you were much better craftsman than anyone in this movie um he decided to go with i feel like they were green stripes it was green and white stripes um he's got yeah so he's wearing like a weird again like a weird like collegiate uniform with a very fancy looking i've got a script b as his insignia that does not is not i've got a font i've got a colorized version on rat fink a color you have a color version of this. I should say, so I checked this, and um, again, the Incredibly Strange Creatures, etc., came out two years earlier and was in full color. The Adventures of uh, Rat Fink and Boo Boo uh, with the ND added on it. Um, it uh, Boo Boo is red yeah. and white. That's his color. Mostly red. And, uh, oh, and, and Rat Fink awful. was a gray... It's like a gray sweater with a black cape, a black shorts, and a blue um, burglar mask, ski mask. Oh, the, yeah. the mask wasn't even black; it's blue. Blue. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. Um. So either they had very no, they had no budget, which is very plausible, or um, they wanted to homage Psycho, which came out six years ago, six years prior. They're like, ah, this is it because it started out as a psycho thriller movie. So, they're like, oh, it's we're gonna make this like Hitchcock. 
Have you seen the um? Have you seen the like Spanish, uh, like what, what is this poster of it as well? It's like Superman, yeah. L Agent 007, uh, Batman, Robin, no, Batty Y Robbie. I think that's uh. Los Nuevos Idolos de la Juventud. Well, you entered. Batty Robot contra el Crimen. Why is that rat pink and Well, it was. So the movie was never shot in color, it was filmed in regular scope, black and white. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it was a. We didn't have money to shoot with a color camera. Um, I love this poster here that tries to sell you this from the Ray Dennis Steckler collection from the crazy cinematic skill of Ray Dennis Steckler, the madman of no budget cult classics, like the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became messed up zombies, the thrill killers, wild guitar and the lemon grove kids meets the monsters. Uh, comes filmed in regular scope black and white the adventures of rat think a and then the and nd written in a different font uh, a... Yeah. and a little little drawing of the motors um here's some oh uh God. some critic um, uh blurbs box office magazine says american avant-garde Fangoria Magazine says one of the most astounding films ever made, Brick Thornshaw. Fuck you, Brick Thornshaw. Uh, Daily Variety Magazine says camera swivels at a vertigo pace. Drool or duel. That's somebody's, somebody's name is Duel. Yeah, Drool sounds about right. Yep. Um, we should mention Boo Boo's Horns? antenna like, yeah they they spent the money on that um so basically go to fight the criminals in their <laughs> motorcycle with sidecar rat fink the leader riding in the sidecar standing up it. in the that sidecar pointing uh constantly for where boo boo I mean, should be driving no, it, like and it makes sense. It's one of the consistencies in the storytelling because they very much established that the gardener is is kind of slow. <laughs> he's, he's a little mentally deficient. Um, <clears throat> we should say that we missed the one joke that they cracked during this, and I do want to mention it because it's a it's a joke I would make, where he goes, "Remember." Yeah. Boo-boo? In like this weird Yogi Bear accent. Yeah, like that's his um, superhero voice. He puts on that voice when he's Rat Think yeah. for some reason. Um, he's like, "We only have one Bullets. weakness." Bullets. Bullets. I liked. No, there yeah. were two. I liked the, the, where the when they were in that five minute, five whole minute char- car chase, and they came to the stop sign and they slowed down and they said, "Remember to look both ways." At a stop sign, um, Boo Boo. I remember, I I remember seeing. Them. I'm like, oh, good joke, and then they said it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> subtle. You have no subtlety, which I, 
who would have thought that thinking. the filmmakers had no had a lack of subtlety on this. Yeah, so they beat um, up the guys, or they, they fight the guys. They kind of, they beat up, they were able to subdue one guy, but they flee the scene with the girl who, at this point, why are they still trying to ransom her? Why won't you just cut bait? Because <laughs> they're insane. Because there's more movie that needs to happen. Yeah, they need to continue this. And again, these fight scenes... As with every scene in this movie, I don't think we've mentioned it enough that they stretch it out, hold every shot so long, and they don't, they don't cut until they absolutely have to. Yeah, they don't dynamically yeah. edit it. Right. So the fight scenes with people who are not choreographed fighters is people doing test of strength holds while the camera kind of wobbles around them. And throwing some bad-looking punches and kicks. Um, yeah. yeah, so then they, like, like do it. It makes Star, Star Trek would be blushing. It looks like a calisthenics video. <laughs> yeah. If you squint hard enough. Uh, yep. And then, yes, they, they have a five-minute car chase um, in this hour, again, hour-long movie. The, mo- the least uh, engaging car chase perhaps ever committed to cellophane. Just cuts, cuts, no, no speed, no stunts. It's just video of, it's video of them driving. Not, it's not scenes in a movie. It is video shot. Yeah. Um, I think they maybe try and, there's like, they jump on something at some point. Or someone falls off of. The bike maybe i don't know maybe. but they eventually the truck eventually like well into a mud there's mud a mud thing something and they got and stuck they, right in classic classic uh 60s movie wilderness which is just the scrublands mm. outside of mm-hmm. hollywood slash italy <laughs> um so they're out there and they're running around and again i'm pretty sure uh, he just got bored again. Ray got bored. <laughs> he, can't, he needs to, needs his coffee. He's getting bored. Uh, so Boo Boo, Rathbink and Boo Boo run across another guy. Yeah. With a with a hat on and a a rabbit's foot on a chain, asking where Korgar is. Now you haven't seen Korgar. Oh. He was only mentioned. He was foreshadowed <laughs> in the opening credits, which by the, the way, prophecies the spoke of this movie. <laughs> there was no, I think there was maybe two credit slides at the end of this movie. It was, they tried, they, they front loaded it all, but yes, it was the full, the final twist of this movie was Korgar. He's like Jar Jar. It's the key to all of doesn't us. work without him. Um, they have another lackluster fight scene. And then Korgar shows up. Now, Kurt, who is Korgar? Korgar is a a man about five feet, uh, eight inches tall, uh, who hunches to portray a gorilla. Uh, and he's in a suit. He's in a very low-quality gorilla suit. And um, we're introduced to his handler, as Peter mentioned. And then all of a sudden, he's just behind the girl. And... He's mimicking what she's doing, and then she sees him, passes out, and he immediately goes, oh, I must carry this woman away now. And so after they finally defeat the chain gang, 
and uh, have their little victory moment, they yeah. immediately must Funny. go to fight. Well, actually, Rat Thing tells Boo Boo, you stay behind because <laughs> you, yes. your stupid ass going to get killed <laughs> if you try to fight this gorilla. Keep an eye on these criminals. <laughs> And he goes up to fight Kogar. And instead of, like, being heroic and a champion, he just gets punched. And then his, the handler grabs the gorilla and they walk away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. And then the movie happens for ten fucking more minutes because they show, like, eight minutes of a goddamn parade and he has his they third music segment of the goddamn eight. movie. Yes, they... Yes, it's classic shoot the rodeo moment. There was a parade happening in uh, where they were, so they got some shots. They probably followed behind the parade in their in their motorcycle because they there was footage of them in the street with the people. The waving. fuck! So they just bootlegged. I couldn't take bootlegged their the, ass on the, the back of the parade. Also, like, why are they throwing a parade for these people outside of like the seven principal characters of this movie? Who would have known that any of this shit happened? Uh, the no uh, the the voiceover uh, of the people on the on the side of the then, parade were great. Oh, we love you, Rat Fink. <laughs> it's like you don't even know who they are. Yeah. Uh. So was so was the fucking <laughs> message at the end here. They just dropped this random narration that fucking yeah. <laughs> prattles on about nothing. He's the protector of the American thing. Truth, he's justice, and the, the American way. Like he's fucking uh, let's Superman. Cut to the beach. Okay, people running on the beach. B-roll of the beach while music plays. And that's how we end our movie. Yep. Um, just, just an amazing amount of nothing. I would call this like my one of my instincts first seeing this was like, oh, this is like a student film. But like, student films are bad in different ways. I they're overly ambitious. I don't and say this lightly. Not, not executing it well. Like I don't throw this phrase around often, but I, I, I know. Not I genuinely believe. I know that I could do better. Yeah, it's an hour as a final cut. With there's oh, so little dialogue. Of dialogue. But I think that was the point. Didn't you understand the message? But like two people, ha there were two different writing credits on this. I think no, it was just Ray Dennis you know, Tickler. I lied. That doesn't surprise me either. That Ray just sat in his fucking room one day, smoking high on the reefer, and just cranked out this script. Dude, I don't think I don't think he wrote anything down. I think he just, just called it called put audible. some people in front of a camera and said, "Here's what you're doing." Do something. <laughs> the, uh, oh, the, um, who did Best in Show? Uh, who's the director for that? Christopher Guest. Yeah, the Christopher Guest method. But just done. That's at the at bargain. Maybe the time. only time those two names are ever. <laughs> also, are we sure? Can we rule out that, um, Raiden Steckler actually? Does all the ADR for the, <laughs> all the different characters? It's possible. <laughs> in his oh, movies, yeah, totally. It's very possible. 
Like, I really, you really don't know. Like, that's part of why this movie is an enigma, because there's so many options for how this movie could be shitty. The depth of the shittiness requires a degree of research and looking at what happened (laughs) that I don't want to commit to this film. This segment, trashing it, is as far as I'm willing to go. This will live in our memories as just a terrible event that we can pull up and um, ridicule on demand. So when when we finally close the curtain on the Saturn Studs podcast, because I know what I think I know what our last episode's going to be. It's going to be ranking like the worst movies we've ever reviewed on the show. It's a good one. Yeah. Um. Future plans there. Uh <laughs> Long, long down the line. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Um, this is going to be up there. This is going to be fighting for I'd, a top five spot, I, I think. Um, it's as if someone wanted to make a poorly executed, but like very violent stalker thriller. And then the Adam West and Burt Ward Batman movie came out and they said, there's money in that. And, kept in everything that they had filmed before. <laughs> uh, we can make this work. <laughs> we'll yep. just have them go into the closet and come out into a completely different movie. <laughs> hey Ron, how many how many more how many more feet do we have on this uh roll? Oh we got like half the roll left? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah no. Alright we're shooting a superhero movie guys. Get wardrobe uh by which I mean Marlene get marlene to sew me up a just anything it's gotta be superhero i don't know get get a curtain just take my old my sweater and sew that fucking patch onto it <laughs> and and there we have it that was the story they got a gorilla suit from central from fucking uh, hollywood surplus yeah from the fucking local yeah, kmart should. costume department <laughs> They're, somehow they went to a spirit of Halloween, even though that wouldn't exist for another thirty years. How? When was Spirit Halloween founded? I, I maybe it was two thousand eight. I I want to say it was like it's a lot further back than you think because I I did look it up at one point. Yeah, it was founded in nineteen eighty three. So, only seventeen years. I'm turning. Sorry, honey. I was born during. I was born during rat thing, and I became a man during Spirit Halloween. Um, if you dress up as this as your costume, I will find you. And I okay. I will. Here, no. Here's the deal. If anyone out there, within the sound of my voice, goes to a Halloween party with a friend in a couple's costume as Rat Fink and Boo Boo and takes a picture and sends it to SaturnStuds at gmail.com, I will personally PayPal you be, $10. Uh, that'd be uh, worth, worthwhile $10. Yeah. $10 and, and, you know, a signed card from all of us, autographed. I wonder if, I wonder if anybody, I'm looking on the Twitter sphere. Hello, Twitter world. 
Um, I'm pretty. There is one other YouTuber that has covered this and done a review. Is there? Um, yes, there is. There is one YouTuber. Uh, let me find him. And it is Brandon Brandon Tenold of Brandon's Cult Movie Reviews. That's I would a lame make a name, cult Brandon. Honoring Rat Fink. I think that, yeah, I could. Is that what that means? <laughs> that seems like a good use of your talent, yeah. It's a worthwhile endeavor. Yep. All right. I think I've, I've said I've, I've said my piece on Rat Fink here. We've made we've easily made we've made our pink we've made our fink more entertaining and longer than this movie. We we yeah, despite not writing anything and usually not having much semblance of a plan, uh, we've produced higher quality dialogue than this movie that supposedly <laughs> was <had been> written <laughs> at least written and read to. People and is now stored in the Turner Classic Movie Vaults. Yeah, it's it's a classic, all right. Um, and that's that's the end of this episode, which is seven or three seventy nine of Santa Studs podcast. Um, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's nineteen ninety five.